0: The following is a candid conversation with one of my good friends in the Dota space, Braxton Paulson. You probably just know him as Brax. He's been playing in the North American region for a long time, dedicated to Dota 2 since all the way back in 2012. He's one of my favorite brains in the Dota space, because although mild-mannered and soft-spoken at times, he's a man of many opinions and not afraid to express them confidently. This conversation ended up getting a little bit emotional, unintentionally heavy in the middle. Worth watching. I very much hope you enjoy, but be prepared that it gets pretty damn real. Per usual, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on YouTube, find us on iTunes and Spotify, drop a comment, drop a review. All of your engagement really helps. What's it like, man? What's Envy like as a teammate?
1: So... Some people compare him to, you know, the old geniuses, Albert Einstein, you know, all those big fancy names. Stephen and then Hawking, some old, yeah. Right. And then some compare him to the modern day dumbass, you know, your Shreks, your donkeys. But um, <laughs> the truth is, he's a little bit of both. You know, he's the mad scientist that has way too many ideas and some of them are genius and some of them are complete failures. And you won't know till you figure it afterwards. I see.
0: Um, and that, I mean, that's the kind of, that's, that's the way innovation goes, right? If you just knew the right answer, then it wouldn't be innovation. You'd just be a genius going right to gold every single time. One of the things I love about Envy is that he strikes me as the kind of guy that is beholden to the truth, right? He's, he's on this quest for the best solution to any problem. And he doesn't necessarily care about your feelings or his feelings in the quest to get there, but I, I don't sense a lot of ego from him. I sense a lot of, at times insensitive, but... Really intense problem solving, always looking for the right angle. And, and that's I, I think a little bit of a of a rare stock these days.
1: Yeah, certainly. That's pretty accurate. He's come a long way since I've known Elise as a person. Um he's it used to be worse. He used to be even more insensitive and <laughs> you know, willing to trample people to get to where he wants to go, but I think he's learned because uh, he's a player who's been at the top and he's also been at the bottom mm-hmm. where you know he's teamless and nobody wants to play with him or he's waiting for that right opportunity that he thinks is going to actually be good. So he's certainly gathered some perspective and probably matured over the years. Um, you can see he's a little socially awkward in the way where he's not really going to consider how things make other people feel or any of that. And I don't know. He's just come a long way because at some point it was kind of just – there was no regard for that. Now there's some regard for it, but he's decided he doesn't care. You know I that's see. different. That's that's, that's a, really that's different. a
0: choice, right? So at least it's exactly. another layer uh, disconnected. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about you, man? Do you feel like you've grown with your time in Dota? You've been hardcore Dota two since what 2012. I mean, you're coming up on your 10 year dog. Um,
1: whew, Getting old.
0: Yeah. How's that? How, like. looking back, I mean, how are we? Are we filled with regrets? Are we filled with happy memories? Are we hopeful for the future? Um, Give me the lowdown on the current mentality of a uh, third-place North American Dota team.
1: So, obviously, there's tons of ups and downs, right? There's so many different tournaments, so many different teams, all that stuff. But, um, you know, that's something I used to think about a long time ago. Like, do I regret the paths that I've made in life? Because this is a... Been my entire adult life basically mm-hmm. ever since i was 18 i was traveling playing on teams going to tournaments and shit and you know at the end if you look at my resume it's not looking so hot in the financial department but the journey's not over mm-hmm. you know it's about the uh, it's about the journey itself you mm-hmm. learn so many things about you you learn so many things about life about people it's not just playing the game and uh it's interesting to i like to reassess like every five years and just think about you know where was i five years ago You know, what was I thinking about in that moment? What were the things that were important to me? You know, what did I truly care about back then? And then I, you know, I keep doing that to try to gather some perspective. And I'm lucky, honestly. Um, I would have regretted pretty much everything if I didn't do this. You know, I would always Hmm. sit there and wonder why or, you know, wonder what if. So I guess I'm overall happy. Obviously, COVID sucks. Well, Um, yeah hit with dota you know there's very little tournaments very little money and on top of that mental health is difficult to deal with as well mm-hmm. i've yeah. never wanted to go down to a restaurant and just sit down and enjoy the dining experience like this you know i'm <laughs> i'm a homebody i just sit here and play games all day i've never had this urge before and now i absolutely desire it
0: yeah isn't it, it it's strange how I've never appreciated the alone together thing more. You know, like when you're traveling on a plane and you're Mm -hmm. alone, but together with a lot of other people that are also alone. You're not really talking to all of the individual strangers in these seats. And restaurants are kind of like that. You know, it's like you could sit down by yourself, eat your meal. You're still you're alone together. You're still around other humans. You're overhearing just general conversation. There's probably a TV on in the background. There's it's like being able to go to a brewery and just drink a beer and sit outside and go, wow there's other humans here look at this that's nice um, yeah I'm with you dude I've never appreciated that simple little aspect of life so much ever it sucks
1: yep yeah, I forgot your original question I'll be honest like halfway through <laughs>
0: um, I get it was an open-ended question I guess general mentality you know kind of re- regrets of you know okay. coming up on the, the ten-year that sort of thing yeah um, I had a follow up and I just lost it, so it's infectious, dude. What did you just do to me? You completely (laughs) threw it off. Um,
1: Well, maybe this will jog your memory. I'm I'm hopeful for the future. Yeah. Um, DPC brings a lot of stability. Um, If you run the numbers, you know it comes out to about half of a minimum wage job. (laughs) You know that that, that's realistic in the U.S. That's actually what it is. Yeah. It comes out to like 20k a year, but you tie that up with uh, you know sponsors, uh, streaming on top of it, maybe any extra individual work you do with twitch or whatever it may be as some third-party organizer mm-hmm. it definitely adds up to be much more stable and just better honestly yeah. and I, it's a system that can improve still
0: oh definitely yeah um i i've kind of remembered what i was going to talk about uh and, and i okay. i definitely understand your your point about um regrets not really being regrets, even though the road's been bumpy, you know, because the opportunity cost is really rough. Sitting at a job that you don't like, wondering what could yes. have been, uh, it's it's a little bit analogous to that, like, it's better to have loved and lost than to not love at all, right? It's better to experience it, and if you fail, you can probably recover, Um I agree. I I mean, I feel like a lot of my friends that graduated university, whether they went into computer science and stayed that path or they went into business or private equity or or real estate, pretty much everyone works less than I do and makes more than I do. And Uh that's sort of an alarming fact because that's easy to look at, you know, like software developers. Well, yeah, of course, that's like an S tier job right now in the way technology is developed. But when I look across the board, it's more of like an esports thing where we're just a little more tuned to work more for less because of that. I guess you could call it the passion. But at what point are we almost abusing ourselves? Uh, I mean, have you ever waned? Have you have you actually had moments of regret? Have you ever had real moments over the last ten years of feeling like I'm fucking done with this? Like, have you seriously gone and, uh, had a time where you've like applied for jobs and like considered taking something with a salary?
1: Oh, totally. I uh, I had a point where this was about five or six years ago. I was living in Phoenix, and I was so addicted to Dota. Because it was my own it was everything, right It was my passion. It was my quote unquote job that didn't pay the bills but um, I had to keep trying to succeed or else I would have a zero percent chance anyways, right. Mm-hmm. So it was like 16, 17 hours a day. I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't shower I didn't have money to eat so I actually wouldn't eat. and <laughs> Jesus, you know I'd have to I'd have to plan out my dollar meals at the local fast food joint or you know the rice to see it, it was bad. Like, it was so unhealthy, and it was so mentally taxing that at some point, um, I needed a reality check, and right. I dropped Dota for, like, two years to try to get my life back on track, and, uh, yeah, I have a high school degree. I worked at the local Jack in the Box, Graveyard Shift, and then during the day, I boosted in League of Legends. <laughs> okay and uh that was that, that was my life a lot of money was, in that
0: the uh, the old league boosting was, was that profitable
1: it used to be a lot better when i started doing it again it wasn't better it was more money than minimum uh-huh. wage but it was also 10 times more stressful because you have to deal with every person who's having a rough day or who's tilted who sits there and says <laughs> i don't want to play or i'm running it down mid because uh you know every loss is like minus ten dollars and right. every win is, you know, plus $10. So you sit there trying to con- babysit, essentially. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's something, like, I, I. it's actually the worst thing in the world to do. It is the <laughs> single most stressful thing because it is completely out of your control. And plus you the ethics of it too. You go twenty zero and lose. Yes, of course. You definitely don't feel good doing this. Right.
0: You know. Yeah. You're you're not doing God's work over there. You're helping some shitters yeah. get powered up so that they can ruin some other people's I am, games. <laughs> I am
1: certainly ruining the community by choice. Right.
0: But at least it was League of Legends. So you know you you picked uh, you picked the proper battlefield.
1: Yeah. But uh. Huh. Yeah, dark times for sure.
0: So so what brought you back though? Was it I mean, was that just not satisfying enough? Was it not making enough money? I mean, maybe here's a a better pivot question. Did you ever consider taking out a loan and just doing the university track a little bit delayed?
1: Um yes, I definitely considered that. But the thing about so my goal with this was to get into a state where my mental health was stable enough that I could play Dota without going completely overboard. I mm-hmm. could play Dota competitively or even just for fun without having to play for 14 hours a day. And uh, this was before I did any streaming. And even if I was streaming at the time, I wasn't making any money off of it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, even now when I stream, I, I make zero money streaming. Like, legitimately zero.
0: Money. Zero? What do you mean? How many subs do you got, buddy? I'm sure you got more than me. Uh,
1: right now, I have like 70 subs.
0: Okay. I mean, that's like 2x old Zayori right now. Okay, uh, sorry, not zero. All right, so you make uh, like a hundred bucks a month, 200 bucks a month, maybe off Twitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a couple of uh, cheeseburgers.
1: It is a couple of cheeseburgers, but you know, (laughs) when you're waiting on that Twitch paycheck, it takes some time.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Back then, it only used to pay out when it hit a certain number or something, and then it would take like two months afterwards because my old roommate, uh, Tides of Time, he was a Dota player, then he was a Hearthstone player, Mm -hmm. and uh, then he was an auto chess streamer, but um, he had the same problems too because. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Twitch just took forever to pay out back then. Yeah. Even if you hit that threshold of whatever it was, a hundred dollars, where they paid, it would be two months after that point.
0: Right. Right. So
1: it's a lot better now, but it was really bad back
0: then. I think it's forty-five days now or something. But now you might have enough subs that if you, if you once you get into the cycle of hitting the threshold, it doesn't feel nearly as bad. But you're absolutely right. right. It, it, it it only really works if you have a bankroll and it's a little bit on top. It's not really designed to be the everything like on a month to month basis. I guess donations sort of yep. work that way, but that's um wow. So I mean it sounds like for you though it's it's not just it's not just how do I get really good at Dota? It's also how do I how do I leverage that to make money and then balance that to like it almost sounds like you have an addiction issue with Dota on top of being really fucking good at it. Right? Like I guess I mean that's isn't that a parent's worst nightmare? Like is a kid playing for fun or are they actually training right my parents used to say that to me when i was doing commentary They're like when you're in your room doing video game stuff can't really tell if you're like working or if you're just playing with your friends it's like well it's it's both right sometimes it's it's one or the other and i mean what is casting it's kind of me and trent hanging out chatting about dota you know i'm sort of just having fun with my buds so yeah you're right there's a lot of overlap there but i mean don't hold it against me because i got a fun job mom it's not my fault you hate your job i picked a cool one all right leave me alone um but i guess how do you how do you find find that balance for yourself of what's training and what is pushing it to almost like harmful addictive levels
1: that's that's the worst part isn't it because we all are in this because uh we love it you know it's our passion it's what we truly truly believe in but um there is no end to the Mm workday. you know this isn't a nine to five I'm not going into the office it's whenever I start and whenever I end and because of that there's absolutely no balance at all there's no balance between my work life and then my home life or my personal life it's all tied in together so because of that I don't know it never ends you can always sit there and convince yourself that there's more to do, even though after a certain amount of time, it's not going to be as productive as it once was, right? Mm-hmm. You have, like, these peak hours that you can actually sit there and apply all your focus to and truly make it productive. But it's super easy to tell yourself that, you know, I only played 12 pubs today. I should play 16. You know, I can play I can play 33% more, and this is going to, you know – add up to so many more games over the month, or, you know, I can sit there and watch four more hours of replays before I begin. (laughs) And it's just like, how do you sit there and truly balance it? The thing is for Dota, like if you're a tier two or tier three player, because you're always chasing that success, um, you have to hit a very critical mark to where you can actually sit there and be satisfied because there are no returns, Mm -hmm. right? If you're that team that doesn't make it to the major, you're not seeing anything for your work. There is no validation that there's no reward. There is no nice, you know, great Mm -hmm. job, keep it up. This is what you've earned. It just sits there. And you will think about it forever. And you'll sit there and try to do everything you can. And it's really easy to get lost and make it extremely unhealthy because the happier you are mentally, the better everything is going to be. I'm sure we've all experienced this at different times when we're feeling down, nothing goes well.
0: Right. Well, diet also plays a big role. And I think it plays an even... I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little too hippy with my gut research here, Brax, but I bumped into some pretty serious health issues related to gut. You know, I've always had irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, which uh-huh. as it turns out, anybody who says they have IBS, that, that's like a, a kind of meaningless medical term these days. That's like a deprecated term that they used to uh, assign to people that they didn't really know what was. So like, yeah, you shit your pants a lot. I don't know, man. Yeah, you get nervous, you get the poops. Ah, I don't know what to tell you. Try to eat more fiber. Try you tried Metamucil. Like, that was the kind of advice I got as a, as a young kid going to the doctor. And now they've done a lot more research and there's a lot more uh, data available, I guess, with different types of foods and like different sensitivities. And there are so many neural connections between your gut and your brain and this idea of your, your mental mood and your gut health being intertwined in a way that I think we never really thought possible. And the way you're describing like that horrible diet that you were forced to engage in just by matter of survival because you couldn't afford real food, like that put you in a mental state where you're more negative and predisposed to loneliness and emotional instability and you're probably not learning as well. Like you're, bo- you're, just, you're not getting the fuel that you need to be able to, to be a, an S tier Dota player. So like you get stuck in this cycle where it feeds itself where you feel like you have to do more and you're not getting enough and you feel physically awful. It's, it's all fucking connected, man. It's like it's yeah. impressive that you you braved it for so long and you still stuck with it, man. Like that's a, that's a next level sort of passion there.
1: Yeah, I've certainly had plenty of moments where, you know, I wanted to drop everything, go back to school, just uh, try to get away from the cycle because that's exactly what it was. It was a cycle where um, I would reach that breaking point. You know, I would take a break, I would reassess, I'd try to get my life back on track, I'd go back to it again, wouldn't be able to handle it, and it would just repeat for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the only thing that would ever be different was if I qualify for something, or if I won some small tournament that, you know, helped me relax a bit, it paid the bills for a little bit, whatever it was. But, uh, yeah, it's shit's rough. And it's one of those things where, like, no matter how much advice someone gives you, you kind of have to shit the bed yourself and really experience it <laughs> before you can yeah. really learn how to deal with it, I guess.
0: Well, so what broke the cycle for you? Or are, is that um, still a work in progress? Is that?
1: <laughs> no, no, I definitely broke the cycle. Uh, at some point, I stopped playing for two years. I got a real shit job that I absolutely hated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to finally reach a mental state where I was happy with myself. You know, I sat there and told myself, you know, I had a unique experience. I've been able to go through this journey and learn a lot about myself and other people along the way. It's not a waste. You know, there is nothing to really regret. It may Mm -hmm. not have gone my way the entire time, but it's also not over yet. And I was eventually able to not have all my eggs in one basket. Um, It was no longer about, you know, oh, I didn't make this tournament, you know, life blows for the next three months. It was more like, uh, you know, I had other things in life. It wasn't just about Dota anymore. I was able mm-hmm. to somehow trick myself to not only think of Dota as the end all be all.
0: Was casting a part of that for you? Like when, when you say Dota, do you do you delineate mm-hmm. between casting and playing? When you say Dota, so, do you mean playing mostly, or
1: yeah? Um. So at first, because it was so difficult to deal with, it was everything. Uh, I okay. forbid myself from casting, even though it would have made a lot more money and I would have been happier. Um, I forbid myself from watching, talking about it, thinking about it, anything like that. I uninstalled. I stopped talking to anybody Dota-related. Literally dude. everything. That's like Because otherwise, it was impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried it the other way, and I I couldn't do it. You know, I thought everything was A-OK for a couple months, and then all of a sudden, I find myself playing, you know, what's a game or two a day? Yeah. You know, we'll, it, we'll, we'll control ourselves, and then, you know, it works out for a day or two, and I'm sitting there thinking about it 24-7 then the next day. Oh, boy. We're back at it again.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um, so what about casting versus playing, though? Um, obviously, I, I, I feel like it's safe to assume you get more pleasure out of playing, and that's why you're participating in uh, the DPC uh, League prior and uh, I think coming up as well. But uh-huh. uh, do you enjoy casting or is that just sort of a, a, a means of survival to uh, you know, make money and still be able to apply your Dota skill set because uh, you know, as an analyst, you, you're still among a select few that have a lot of credentials as a player. You've played at a lot of lands and on main stages and with a lot of different um, you know pros that are active at these events. And you have actually cast a fair amount as well. Like your your Liquipedia page as broadcast talent is it's decently impressive. It's a lot of Moon events, but still, it's a pretty good list. Wow, some of those I've are actually Never
1: looked at that. That's interesting. Kiev
0: Major, um, Dream League 7, Midas Mode, Galaxy Battles, Zotac Cup, Captain's Draft 4, Bucharest uh, Major, and Good
1: old Galaxy Battles. Yeah. That was a roller coaster. Oh, um, yeah. I actually really liked casting. Casting was a lot of fun. That whole atmosphere is amazing. Um, I actually really like it. My passion is still about playing, but casting was never just about paying the bills. I actually really, really enjoyed it. I love the people being around all that stuff, too. It was actually very enjoyable. People are super nice to me. Um, They're very welcoming and helped me a lot, especially, you know, if I ever asked for feedback. Um, you know, some people would give you the honest answers. Some people <laughs> would give you the, the nice answers. It's easy to tell which one's which, so whatever. I, I get that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, that's... Uh... It's cool. That is the rare currency, as like up and coming broadcast talent is people that are willing to constructively level with you and really kind of tell you when you suck. Um, it it's hard. It is hard to be on the other side of it, but it it also I don't. I feel bad lying to people. That that's my main thing. I I really struggle to like tell people they slayed it when they just really didn't. Because to me that feels not. It's not only it's like destructive. You know, it's not neutral. It's a negative. Right. So I, to me, that almost gets akin to like, that's like sabotaging somebody. You know, it's like sandbagging your fellow tower. Like they make an yeah. ass out of themselves. Hey guys, did I slay it? Yeah, keep it up. Do it again. That'll be real good. You know, um, no, you gotta be honest with people. That's that's how I see it, at least. I would want people to be honest with me. And they are, usually, for better or for worse.
1: Yeah, completely agree.
0: Yeah. Um. Do we have, you, you mentioned before, like, tier three players in dota right now do do those exist do we have a an up-and-coming cast of tier three north american warriors that are like not in the dpc now but are training for their shot at the opens i mean is that a a real demographic
1: i don't really know i i just looped it into tier three tier two as in players that aren't really making any money out of it or maybe Mm -hmm. don't have very much traction going for them yet but there's definitely up-and-coming players um DNM and Little Nick are some of the younger, more popular names, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've gathered quite a bit of attention, especially compared to some of these other players that are relatively new.
0: So I I guess I would delineate, I I would call those guys like firmly tier two, you know, Uh, like you, you could almost say division 1 tier 1 division 2 tier 2 and this isn't perfect right but just for the sake of this conversation uh-huh. i'm sort of talking about almost cast below that um and maybe we don't need more more players in the in the pipeline there but i guess what i'm getting at is like are you fucking worried for dota man cuz i am i feel like i'm this old guy young. i'm turning into this like old bearded dude yelling into the Twitter void, just like, why is this all fucked? And why is no one else talking about it? Am I crazy? Can you give me like the Richard Lewis real talk reality? I know you've been creeping on my Twitter, man. You've been seeing what's going on. A- am I am right. I like the, the the crazy guy in the corner? What, what's happening here?
1: So you're definitely not crazy. I mean, these are all very valid concerns. But for me as a person, I, I guess I'm weird. But with things that I have no power over, I have no control over, I don't think anything of it. I don't waste any brain power thinking about all the things in the world that, you know, I don't have the ability to change or I have zero influence over. Because uh, when it comes to dealing with Valve, that's how I think of myself. I think I'm in the hopeless pit of despair with absolutely <laughs> zero influence. Maybe, you know, one day if I win TI, Valve will be forced to, to listen to me because I can get all the internet goons on my side, or whatever it may be, but um, yeah, I don't I, I'm super weird in that regard, I guess, with everything in life, if I have no control over it, I just don't give it any thought.
0: Well, I don't I don't know if you're weird, because that seems to be closer to the consensus. Um, I guess my immediately thought hearing you say that is, do you have zero influence?
1: Well, I was going to ask you, what exactly are you talking about? What exactly are you referencing?
0: Um... <laughs> uh, how about the racism stuff do you, want to, do you want to talk about that a little bit like why isn't there okay. a code of conduct or any set of guidelines for the DPC players I've been told that there is like a general talk that players get at TI, right? If you qualify for TI, there's an orientation and there's some sort of basic like do's and don'ts. And it might not be that detailed. It might not be written down, but there's some sort of expectation laid out, right? When I casted TI, there was one of those four talent where, you know, they, they give you the notes and the rundown and all that stuff, right? Pretty standard. Right. Now, we created this DPC league and we decided, you oh, know what, this would be great. We're going to make the tier 2C. Now, all these players are going to be by definition professional. You're in Division II. You're basically getting paid to play Dota. You now have a reason to be full-time professional. Okay, cool. And then we never connected the dots in between those. We never said any expectations. We never really said what the rules are, what the code of conduct is. We've sort of left it up to individuals and organizations to police things. Was I out of line for calling out those South Americas for dropping the N-bomb in pubs to Jubei, Jubei didn't seem to give a fuck i hosted him one day and went into his stream and just proceeded to be belittled and sent transphobic and homophobic remarks from his community where mods were just laughing and joining along so it's just like what am i fighting for does it matter um and if everybody sees that shit and nobody says anything are we all complicit You know, at what point do I need to be comfortable with myself saying, hey, I didn't look the other way on something that I think is egregious, but I can't help but feel like that whole situation might not have been a net benefit. I hope it was. I hope with the sad PP podcast and all that stuff, we tried to turn it into a positive PSA, but I'm not necessarily positive we achieved that. You know, part of me wishes I had just looked the other way and not said anything, and that makes me really sad. That makes me want to choke up just saying that the reality of the, the rational assessment is I wish I hadn't said anything that fucking sucks. So, so all that is to say, I don't know where that leaves me, but it's not a really positive place, you know?
1: Uh-huh. So why do you say that? Is that because did you receive backlash for it? Did you feel like it was a wasted effort? Is that why you um, may have felt that way?
0: Well, so, all right, there's two sides, right? From the South American community, it was frustrating that I think a lot of them saw it coming from a place of I'm from North America and I'm trying to shit on South America as like a smear campaign. And it's really uh-huh. the opposite, right? Because I'm covering it now and forced to empathize with it, like I, I I want the region to do better because I think that shit's gonna come back and haunt us sooner rather than later. Right? I don't want to see these players banned from DPC. Let's talk about it when the DPC's not on. You know, a little slap on the wrist of getting kicked out of BTS America's. That's nothing compared to, you know, what what could happen if if somebody, like, you know, took this up the chain, right? Like, we saw how far the cuckoo thing went. You know, this is within that realm, right? So my goal is to try to educate and, like, help South, South America find its place on the international scale. And some of that is understanding uh, international expectations, let's say. So that disconnect is frustrating. Um, but Mr. Avo and Swato and a couple other key influencers, I think really helped us with the narrative, and I I, I think that's been somewhat amended. Um, On the English-speaking side, I found it frustrating that everybody was pretty silent about it, except God's. He was one of the only other people I saw step up and say anything, mostly because they they were the only ones that had any leverage to do anything to punish anyone, because they're the only ones running a fucking event in North America. But I at least appreciated his tweet saying, like, yo, we see you, we're watching... Don't be fucking assholes because we don't tolerate that shit around here. And just that's kind of like line in the sand of like, guys, we're not tolerating racism. And if you act like that, we're totally going to consider not letting you play in our events. It's a fucking privilege, not a right. That's not like a hot take. But saying that firmly is a nice thing that just reaffirms the standards. It changes it from me being that crazy guy calling out one person to the beginning of a shift of the bar in general of what we consider acceptable. Um, and it's frustrating that so many people were so quick to speak out during Me Too and then be completely silent on something like this that I thought was a layup. I think that's a really easy retweet, right? That's a really easy, like, oh yeah, guys, can we agree that this isn't okay? And there was a lot of silence out there. And I got some DMs from people I respect saying, dude, I don't think you're helping the dialogue. And I kind of said, I don't think your silence is helping the dialogue. And that's just a really frustrating, like, I didn't think that I'd face backlash calling out something so overtly racist that's a weird that's a weird frustrating yeah so like i the silence is deafening dude there's people with fucking me too we're gonna make a better place blogs that they wrote still pinned on their fucking twitters and they're completely silent about shit like that so i i get that everyone has a mother a lot of people have sisters a lot of people have daughters so like women's stuff is it's like right there for like kind of everyone And not everyone is like a person of color. So I guess it's not relevant to their sphere. But it just I feel like a chump for kind of feeling like maybe Me Too changed some of the atmosphere and dialogue, you know, Um, because I just I don't know, man. I felt like I was out on an island out there and uh, gods was the only one sort of waving from a lifeboat in the ocean and everyone else was just watching with binoculars like, well, this is an interesting fire. Can't wait to see how this burns and uh i don't know that just that just kind of sucks i guess
1: okay um i mean you're totally, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, totally that, right on- it's like
0: half emotional there you know it's like i guess i haven't quite processed all this so here you go you get to do it live
1: yeah well done um <clears throat> honestly you're completely on the right uh we should want to better a community and get rid of all these terrible toxic things um i did not speak up on it I should have. i didn't have a reason not to. I didn't honestly. mean
0: that as a call out on you, by the way. So no, no, sorry no, if you took worry. it I, that way. I, I just meant It, it wasn't
1: like that. I just wanted to throw it out there because I honestly should have. But um for whatever unknown reason I never got there, I guess. Uh my the only thing that I have a problem with in all of this is it is so much like real life because there have been very prominent community members that have said some not so good things regarding race, and because they are beloved by the community. It's a simple slap on the wrist. Nobody mm-hmm. gives a fuck. This is exactly like real life, you know. Your yeah. favorite superhero, popular dude, everyone looks up to, you know, slips out a, you know, drops a hard R, says, uh, you know, I did a whoopsie. I don't believe this. Blah blah blah. Nobody cares. Everyone's like, oh, this person is, you know, performed. They would never do this again. Blah 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 blah. And then that, that's just how it is, right? You're liked and successful people that end up doing these things they get forgived. Nobody thinks anything of it ever again. It is exactly like real life. And I can't fucking stand that. I absolutely hate that. And I don't know what the uh, the line between any of this stuff is. Like, am I supposed to bring up screenshots from 10 years ago or on someone's word cloud on Dota 2 to intentionally search for these, these things? I don't know where to draw the line. Um, I do not support it whatsoever. i racism is disgusting yeah but uh past stuff is is weird it's hard i just don't know where it would go
0: yeah well so that's the thing right and like i'm i'm not like pro-canceling people and i believe so wholeheartedly in second chances and that's why i don't i don't want to say i don't care about the past and this idea of like let's just wipe the slate clean is like real easy to say and totally reductionist to like all of the people that were like hurt by really mean things said but at the same time i'm much more focused on the future and setting the standard so it's clear what the standard is so we we at least have some idea when it's when it's broken right um, and okay. that's that is like to go back to where this started when you say like what's one thing that you're cynical about how easy is it for Valve to just put out some sort of basic code of conduct or set some standards that's unified across the whole league of just like, guys, no hateful speech. Yeah, you know, we don't have to define it because if you're a pro player, let's not test the waters. How about that? Like, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just drawing some line, some, just acknowledging the line exists. Um, I think leaving it completely up to third parties to police. Here's another example, Brax, if we can pivot a little bit, right? Have you followed the match-fixing South America scandal regarding 0900, specifically Jericho in the last DPC season? Mm -hmm. Okay, so question for you. 0900, they were removed from the last DPC, they played in the open qualifiers for Season 2. They were disqualified because they were not allowed to play from the last season, All right. Now, is Jericho banned, or are all five of the players banned? Is it just Jericho that was match-fixing and hence banned, or is it, has it been ruled that the four players were all in the same room, all in the same place when all this stuff happened? There's no way they didn't know. They're complicit through omission by looking the other way, and all of them are banned. I think that's a legitimate question. Can you make a team with one of the four other players on 0900? We don't know. That, that's a question, to my knowledge, that has not been answered yet. The data has been sent to Valve and they're fucking sitting on it. How about the team bundles? What about the teams that aren't in DPC anymore that submitted bundles? What happened to those poor fuckers? What happened to those dumb assholes that weren't good enough to make it in the second season? Sorry. It's like none of these individually are are particularly egregious, let's say. They all just seem like really simple examples that have pretty easy solutions that um, are just like mysteriously silent and difficult to just get basic decision-making information. You know, like, these four players' livelihood hangs in the balance of this decision. Just fucking tell them one way or the other. Are they banned or not? I, I don't give a shit if you ban them. It's not an argument for a judgment one way or the other. It's a judgment for not keeping people in limbo, you know?
1: Yes, exactly. And, you know, Valve has always been hands-off with everything. And all these things are incredibly easy to address, it just takes one simple statement from Valve outlining the rules and you know, expectations and standards for everything. But um, apparently it's a lot to ask for because it's yeah. been 10 years and it hasn't happened yet. So that leads me to believe that it's not going to happen.
0: So, but where does that leave you? All right, so let's say we have that parameter and then we have, we need something like the DPC for Dota to scale and thrive, right? I think we all agree that like this league structure is good, right? Uh We need the DPC in some form for Dota to have this backbone on which everything else can be built. How do we reconcile those two? What does that yield? Because I I can't help but conclude that you just can't be that hands-off and run a successful league to the standard that we're talking about. There's just some degree of like, you need some force to communicate. You need a league commissioner. That's essentially what it is. You need that... That for Because some of this stuff is just like, that Jericho and, and team question, that's a really heavy question, right? And I think Dota Pit, and this I'm conjecture here, it, it, it's not on them to make that decision. They've got the data, they've sent it to Valve, and to my knowledge, we haven't heard back from Valve what, what they make of the data. So Dota Pit's done their part, they've removed them from playing in the league temporarily, but as a broader question... um. What's the fate of these players? That's like the perfect thing for something that is a commissioner or a manager of some sort that can kind of only exist at the Valve level. We don't want it to exist on the League level. Do you want Dota Pit to have the ability to choose if five players are lifetime banned from DPC? No offense to Dota Pit, but I don't want any third-party tournament organizer to have that power. What if Moonduck does a season of North America and we think somebody's match fixing? You think we should have the power to lifetime ban them from DPC? Fuck no! That can only come from Valve. So there are certain right. things that, like, you just can't be hands off and have a, a league be taken seriously relative to all you know what they're doing at LCS and all these other tier one eSport leagues. Let's say. Am I being overly so, cynical or, or are you like?
1: <laughs> no, these these are all extremely valid concerns. Like when I look at LCS, for example, um, there is a reason they're so policed. I guess, you know, people get banned mm-hmm. for talking shit. People get not banned. Sorry, they get fined for talking shit. Yeah. You have uh, not so responsible team owners throwing shade at each other, talking more shit. They get <laughs> fined. You know, they get you know told, you know, this is not acceptable. Right. Um, you know, they have standards for their players to always wear their uniforms, to always be presentable, to always, you know, do this amount of interviews, whatever it may be. And if you want a truly sustainable scaling league, then you need to monitor it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is something that can just grow on its own. There has to be some direction. There has to be some guidelines. You have to be playing within a certain rule set so that you know uh, whatever sponsor that may come is now not like we have XPG for the NA DPC in this season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you think these XPG guys are going to be okay if uh, you start interviewing some random player, or some you know, <laughs> some player of duties not saying some some very good things, representing right? Yeah. Like there's. Lots of questions and concerns and things that scare people away. And for good reason, there's just there's no rules about it. You're sitting there hoping everyone behaves and inevitably someone's not going to. Someone is going to cross the line.
0: Well, so you guys are a player run org, right? Four Zoomers, five Americans, Sammy Boy, Gunner, Brax, Ocean, Husky. What's it like being a truly uh, coach IX Mike? So I guess he's your uh, your sea captain there. I mean, does this kind of, do you guys have any expectations as a team? Do you just assume that everybody knows the limits based on what we've seen out there? Is this like, um, is there any direction? Uh, what What is it like not having an org backing you in the current climate?
1: Um, I mean, it just means your future is a little uncertain. Um, these teams with greater resources like EG, for example, get to you know, they get to boot camp on the West Coast. I'm a West, or sorry, on the East Coast. I'm a West Coast player. I play with mm. 80 ping against players with five ping. <laughs> um, it is a huge disadvantage, and I never realized how bad it was until I was on JStorm because we had a New York team house. Mm-hmm. And it, it's honestly night and day. Um, it's yeah. it's like the Peruvian players. They play on about 100 ping, 90 ping.
0: So we're seeing it with moves on land. Everyone's like, his
1: Earth Spirit's so yeah. good.
0: It's like, no, that's what five ping Earth Spirit looks like, guys. He's always been that good. I-, I guarantee it.
1: Yeah. You know, he lands a three-man black hole, and the chance for him to land a three-man hole with, like, five ping is, like, 80% than a chance <laughs> to land that <laughs> hole on, you know, 95 pings, maybe, like, a 16%. Like, it's just, it's very, very drastic. Yeah. Especially when your competition is on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no org kind of sucks. Your stability's not there. There's no real support, but you do what you can with it. And you try to make yourself look as appealing as possible, right? You want to put out content. You want to make sure you stream. You want to make sure you're doing interviews. You want to make sure you thank the fans, all that stuff. I
0: mean, are, are you, do you guys, I don't even mean that this is going to sound a little mean, but like, do you seriously okay. think there's a chance of you guys getting an org? Is that what you're posturing for?
1: Uh, that's the goal yeah
0: but i mean do you actually believe the goal
1: is um, that a so, realistic goal so let me tell, let me give you some background so when i was on uh, j storm this was right before covid uh, we were looking for a sponsor pretty much the whole time after j storm said that we're done like we right. when bankrupt, business don't associates have money. right right yeah that whole era there and a lot of the sponsors from Leak were actually extremely interested in the dpc because they heard the format they heard there's going to be more stability because you know how it is with sponsors in dota they there's so much uncertainty that goes on they don't know if they're gonna have the same roster two months later mm-hmm. they don't know if the players are gonna say fuck you guys we're disbanding right now they have no idea what they're getting into right and uh, <laughs> they were extremely interested because that this huh. could not be a possibility with the dpc rule set but then covid comes around um things are slow there are no sponsors in the north american scene quincy crew is you know they have an extremely high chance of attending both majors and still sponsors aren't attractive enough mm-hmm. for them to want to take them whether that's because of salary whether it's because of covid i don't actually know mm-hmm. but um yeah they, they were interested and then after covid hit they pretty much said that we want to take a back seat and just see how things develop because we're not really sure what things are going to look like and yeah now we've had our first mm-hmm. land um there may be more sponsors in this next half in this next season i highly doubt it because COVID's still going on or if they are, they're going to be.
0: But th- as, as you said, if you guys make it to TI, though, and knowing that there will be DPC in the season after, there is mm-hmm. a potential cast of teams that are now kind of, um, what's the way to say it? Sort of fishing for potential opportunities. Maybe they're not looking to do anything quickly or overcommit, but they're open to this idea now that the league format is here.
1: Yes. It's okay. definitely more appealing for sponsors and the conditions are not very ideal at the moment because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's entirely true, but that's the vibe I get from talking to some of these people.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's really interesting. I mean, that's one of those things that we kind of hoped when this whole thing started, but haven't been able right. to confirm yet. And like you said, it is really hard to separate out how much of it is COVID. It's uh, it's both a good cover and a very legitimate excuse kind of simultaneously.
1: I would say... um. In Europe, though, we've definitely seen more sponsors, right? Even for yeah. not the top teams, right? You have Tundra. There's one other one that I can't remember the name of, but um, you know, there's there's a couple yeah. out there. It's not it's not mean. entirely hopeless.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, that that is a a, a decent prospect. Um, but so uh, along these lines, again, harkening back to uh, where we started before that whole uh, emotional mm-hmm. breakdown there, uh, like of what am I angry about? Um. The last season, the lingering J-Storm business associates, basically you assholes that were dumb enough to play in half of a DPC season, then stick around for the remainder of the season for what? For, For them to dangle the carrot of, well, we don't want to lose these DPC points. Have those now evaporated? I mean, can you look me in the eye right now and tell me you weren't hurt? By that? Should I just stop telling people that I feel bad for the the folks like you that were on the cusp but not guaranteed to go to T I? Like do you feel like they should use some of that money to just pay out those D P C points so that you get something for all that pain and suffering?
1: You seen Men in Black, Sayori?
0: I have, big fan.
1: You know the thing that erases your memory? With the with the click of a button, the bzzz.
0: Yep, the light, yeah.
1: Yep, I need one of those for that last year. God damn, that was that's disappointing, it's devastating because there's I don't know anything about it. I have zero information, so by that, I can assume that nothing will ever happen with it, that it was an yeah. entirely meaningless year. Yeah. So, yeah and I mean, how long that, did that team
0: stick together? I mean, I think you and I talked a couple times towards the end of Business Associates, and it sounded pretty grim. It goes back to this same 0900 thing. Just tell me, man, if the points are going to be used, we'll stick together and bear, you know, bear the storm. If the points are going to be thrown away, we can pull the ejector seat. But being stuck in limbo is the worst of all worlds. You're just on edge all the time wondering what your fate is going to be. And then there's no conclusion. It just eventually fizzles out. Fear retires, and then you guys go, well, I guess the next season's starting, so I guess I'm going to join a new team now. Okay. Like, I like, that uncertainty would drive me absolutely fucking mad. It drives me mad just thinking about it.
1: So as a competitive Dota player, I think that sinking feeling of hopelessness has become normalized in a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, just another day in the office, Iori. Nothing new to see here.
0: You, yeah, but... How long can, can you take it, man? Infinitely? Are you that, are you that stalwart? Are you just uh, a man so, of iron? The man in the iron mask here?
1: When you're as dead as I am inside, I think uh, nothing tends to faze you anymore. But I, I don't know. I, I've been through so much disastrous, mentally breaking shit in my life that I don't know how other people deal with it, but I, I don't give it any thought anymore. I just accept hmm. it as this is my reality. I live in Val's world. I either play by the rules, or I don't get to play at all, and I leave it at that. You know, at the end, I'm a I'm a slave to Dota. This is how it is.
0: Wow, wow. See, but at least you uh, you're willing to say it out loud and up front. I mean, I respect the fuck out of you for owning that statement, dog. I mean, that's uh, I've been I've been saying that loudly. Like it feels like that's how a lot of people feel. And hearing you say that is like, okay, well, now I understand exactly. <laughs> wow, isn't that? depressing though
1: of course definitely (laughs) but uh you know i've come to terms with my reality so i'm able to accept it and look at the finer things in life and you know try to segue whatever i can manage into a you know prosperous future one day
0: wow it sounds like you really have found that balance did did you take up meditation brax because it sounds the the very zen mindset that you have uh you have acquired here is very. I'm jealous. It's it's very appealing. You just have this confident, like I'm doing my shit. I can control what I can control. I have completely disconnected the ego from everything I can't control. That is a very zen like state of being that I would say is beyond your years, my friend. Well done.
1: In another life, I would be a monk. You know, I'd be a top yeah. mountain right now in my whatever it is. But uh, I've been beaten down six feet under, then even deeper and deeper. And <laughs> I've come out on top. So I don't know how it happened, but yeah. So pretty I happy
0: with the current Forzumer zoomer roster then, huh? It sounds like you're in good spirits about the current state of things.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly hopeful. Um, they show a lot of promise in terms of being able to learn and everybody gets along. Uh, of course, we have problems. We had, honestly, a pretty bad DPC showing. Um, we played the first... The two best teams of the league immediately, like Weeks 1 and 2, we played EG, then Quincy. So, you know, you lose those series, you pretty much don't have a chance to go to the Major. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, uh, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of, uh, I didn't want to say learning again, but there's a lot of learning how to properly address these issues and learn how to deal with them better for the next time. Because the only thing you can really change is the process, right? You can change the process in which you learn and how you adapt to things to make it faster and more efficient and less emotional for the next time. Mm-hmm. So that uh, when you do encounter future problems that may be different, you'll know how to tackle them better.
0: I see. Um, sorry, I was just looking at uh, Sammy Boy's Twitter. I thought he had a hot take that I was going to read, but I'm either misremembering or said hot take has been removed. He is uh, lobbying for three slots for uh, all regions. I like uh-huh. it. I'm fine with that. Um, I think this major has certainly proved some validity to that argument. I'm curious what your take is, because I heard, was it Zibby? I think, got uh, retweeted earlier today with the opposite take, Say this major changes nothing. This is a fluke. Yes. You idiots. And I, I think calling it a fluke is perhaps reductionist. I don't think he used that word specifically. I'm paraphrasing. But, uh, yeah, do you think we're going to see slots adjusted based on this potential outcome?
1: So I wanted to go off on ZV. I, I read that tweet at like 4 a.m. <laughs> but like if I wanted to, to battle everyone on the Internet with a poor perspective, I would be <laughs> sitting at my computer for literally till I die. So that is a battle that I will avoid. But um, so to give you some perspective, Zyuri, really, the only major I played out last year was the Chengdu major. Uh, My team got sixth, EG got fourth, and Flying Pandas, the other NA team, got ninth place. And the bottom two teams were CIS, SCA. And the end result of that major was North America losing one slot. (laughs) That was the highest placement on average an NA team has ever had at an international event. And the end result was us losing a slot and then a team with, you know, last place finishers Uh gaining another slot. So after that, how can I ever believe that slots are results-based? Because they are not results-based. <laughs> they are based on representation, yes. right? That is why there have been more South American slots over the years and more Southeast Asian slots over the years. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that everybody can agree with because it is clearly something that happened. At some point, they had zero representation or maybe very minimal representation. And because of the trajectory of this, how can I ever believe that it is results-based?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it is a, a pinch, right? It's probably one of these, there's there's multiple factors. It's not just based on one thing. So surely results have a, they're, they are a factor in the equation, um, but I would agree, not very heavily weighted, it would appear. Um, but like, is it, is it time we just stop mucking around with the slots and just unify it across the regions, I guess, is really like, is there a point? Is that the end goal, I guess? Are we looking for equity of representation or are we looking more for that like kind of equity of ou- or equality of outcome sort of thing? Um, but there is something kind of poetic about an equality of slots per regions and feeling like they all actually matter. I mean, that, that would be the ideal reality from my perspective as a viewer and a commentator.
1: Right, I agree with that sentiment as well. I think that uh, there should just be more teams, honestly. Um, mm. I that's a, that was the first thing I thought when this uh, major was announced. I just went, God damn, there really should have been twenty or twenty-four teams at this tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, so but do you? I guess part of this argument also is like, do you put an asterisk next to this event because of COVID or because of stand-ins and you know two two of the tier one teams not participating does that asterisk this for you at all or does the the rest of it still hold pretty steady
1: it doesn't for me but it's a very easy argument to make that nobody will really be able to argue against because it's all hypothetical which is the biggest fucking issue here Uh, because uh, now no matter what happens you cannot question it because there is always that (sighs) that mystery right yeah that is the Ugh if that wasn't there then you could make a solid case for, you know, whatever ends up happening in this.
0: Yeah. Um, But, I mean, do you you agree with this Bowie sentiment? this is a dumb question. I know you agree with this. But, like, is it time for NA and SA to stop being the heel of Dota? Have we finally arrived? Have have both regions finally proven their legitimacy, just as Southeast Asia struggled to do five years ago and has done numerous times now? Uh, I mean, I know this is just one event, but there were, what, four... European teams there uh, and most of them were in the bottom Enigma Alliance both kind of bombed out
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's only one um, event but still th- this whole rhetoric of like you know that no-tail tweet that is aged particularly poorly I get it it's just bants, and that's cool and it's it's fun but at the same time I I, I do kind of think that rhetoric is slightly destructive and I would rather see it be less like I don't want to see this region versus region that way. It's one thing to have pride in your region, but that's from a place of positivity of like your side, not a place of the other side sucks. And I think when you make it like NA donors, Omega lull, it's like, okay, you're not just like prideful about Europe. You're like swinging it to be a European maximalist. And I don't like that mentality. I'm not a North American maximalist. I'm just prideful in North America. Is that, is that too nuanced of a distinction to make? Will, will nobody get that?
1: I think that that is a hard distinction to make for people that may not be English speakers. or primary <laughs> English speakers. Fair. But um, that is what the goal is supposed to be, isn't it? It's not supposed to be about putting some other region down. It's supposed to be about uplifting your own. And that's why I fucking hate tweets like that. I hate that because people will eat it up. And people will try to relate it to things that don't actually relate. Just because someone noteworthy said it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I couldn't give a flying fuck about which region was better. It makes absolutely no difference to me. The only thing I care about is I just want it to be fucking equal. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. It doesn't matter if you know this region does better than the other in this tournament. Like, Why can't people not talk down on each other just because this is what they think, because... It's a fucking echo chamber. Now everybody thinks it. Yeah. Right. If you go to Reddit, you go to these uh, game result threads or these game discussion threads. You know, fifty percent of it is, is is NA lol, EU lol. Or, you know, <laughs> BSJ was right. NA is you know in the dumpster, whatever it is, and it turns into this incredibly toxic uh, community where it, this overshadows everything. Yeah. You know this is now all of a sudden the center of discussion. It is so fucking pointless. I can't believe it. Yeah. No. It takes away from so much.
0: It it reminds me of like a good analogy. You're watching an elimination series and instead of cheering for the team that won, you're cheering that the team other team lost, you know, and it's exactly. just like It's fine to be excited that Neon beat Vici, but don't be a bad sport and be like, "Ah, I have Vici fans, your team fucking sucks. Like, okay, that's over the line. You know, like, that's, that's, that's where you're, like, making it negative. Don't make it about them being bad. Make the narrative Neon's really fucking good. They're both good. Neon was just slightly better today. Just because they lost doesn't make them bad, right? I mean, that's... As a commentator, that's a pretty straightforward sort of framing of a situation like that. But you're right about the dialogue. Right. It very quickly turns into the this almost, instead of prideful, kind of like nationalistic, you know, a slightly more negative connotation, I guess.
1: Right. It turns into a pointless battle, mm-hmm. pretty much, of your own opinion, not a fact, an opinion. You know, and when two people have different opinions and you can't convince each other otherwise, it will never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. so I, I just don't see the point I don't get the appeal I don't understand it and it's just annoying honestly like who fucking yeah. cares
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I always try to frame that kind of stuff now when I even when I'm like writing tweets or like thinking about an argument or just engaging with somebody on any kind of controversial topic it's like if I have my wits about me and I'm not overwhelmed by emotion given the choice to be negative or positive why not be positive? And 99.9% of the time, I don't have a good argument on the side of be negative, you know? Now, the key to that is when you have your wits about you, everybody loses their shit and gets overwhelmed by emotions. And when you don't sleep three nights in a row and you're staring at your phone too much, you know, shit gets crazy. But, wh- you know, when you're rested and have your, your, your brain there, why not just try to make everything slightly more positive? Why, why, why can't we just cheer for Thunder Predator, you know? um that that's kind of my take and i think dota's changing for the better i mean the cool thing about gamers is that we exhibit a great propensity to change man i know this is like uh an old dialogue at this point but gamer lingo has really moved a lot over the years there are a lot of gamer words i heard a fuckload 10 years ago
1: okay call of duty when you're 16 yeah
0: i mean even five years ago a little bit and today a lot of those words i don't hear at all like literally not at all in my Dota pubs. So that does make me generally hopeful of like, we have a large silent majority of Dota fans that are just normal, regular, reasonable people. And we tend to overreact to the very loud minority that have the, you know, Archie's opinions of the world. I had to finally mute him on Twitter, by the way. He he may or may not be listening to the podcast now. But did the anti-COVID stuff got me. And then he linked me some article about why he's trying to make the case why piracy for the anime is a good thing because it's free marketing. Um, And that is, of course, bullshit. Um, Yeah, watching it on Netflix and thumbsing it up is definitely the best way to support the anime to ensure its future. Don't pirate it. Um, That's a really, really dumb take. So that was the final straw. And you know what? I think my life is better without him. Sorry, Archie. That's Moonduck's longest subscriber. But this is a lesson in that you can't buy me, man. If you're a fucking asshole, you're a fucking asshole. And I thank you for being a sub. But sorry, man.
1: Maybe Archie's lives for the debate. Maybe he just wants to see that breaking moment of, you know, I can't fucking stand this. You're wrong. Maybe he just wants that. I guess. Some people like to argue.
0: It's true. Some people, I mean, I like to argue, but similar to Envy... I feel more of a holden to the truth than anything. And that's what I always loved about working with like Slacks and SunSFan and most of these other people at Moonduck is that like our general culture was lower ego and more solution driven. Like I don't care if it's my idea, Slacks's idea, your idea, whoever's got the best idea, let's fucking do it, man. I just want the coolest thing that we can do within the bounds of what we can do. So um I don't know. I, I think that mentality is pretty healthy and productive. Fuck claiming credit. Let's just focus on making it as good as it can be
1: Mm -hmm. on the uh notes of the whole shit what was it i had something to say about the um oh you're talking about the positive and the negative Mm -hmm. about uh you know how people talk about things and honestly there probably are people out there that do think of it positively and are vocal about it but we as humans tend to focus on the negative things those are the things that stand out most to us so Mm -hmm. it's definitely there it just isn't as alarming as when somebody is negative about it so it's probably truly not as bad as it's uh we made it seem to be but yeah
0: it's it's true yeah it's always it's it's like the um they say that about the news right is this how much of your reaction to something is amplified by like the amount of coverage something gets and how much really bad shit is happening that you would react to if you knew about it but it's not presented to you in even share. Right, So you go on Twitter and you read a bunch of angry stuff. It's like, dude, this is point zero zero one percent of the community that's just really angry about this one issue that's all spam tweeting you because one person retweeted it or posted it in a Discord that all these people are reacting to. Um, yeah, it framing, dude, framing. Important to keep in mind. Um, wanted to ask you about the Beast Coast news that broke today. Um, Stinger, they... Uh, I, I, Well, um... As we know, Beast Coast didn't play in the major. Their quarantine was broken. There are a lot of questions surrounding that. Uh, Some folks did some digging and kind of deduced that it was Stinger's doing something about his girlfriend coming to visit and uh, getting infected during transit. And that was the reason they had to stay behind. Uh, And today they announced uh, clarifying that, yes, in fact, it was Stinger's fault. They had a very clear set uh, procedure in place. All the other players followed it. He didn't he's going to be issued a fine and that they're bringing on a six player to the roster. I guess kind of unclear if that's to replace Stinger or if that's just an addendum to, in case something like this happens again. So they have an easy stand in. Um, But thoughts on this, because part of me wants to say, I I like it. This is the kind of stuff valve should be doing. And this is a third party org stepping up and kind of doing what's right. Uh, But there's two sides to every argument. Uh, Do you feel for Stinger here, bud?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> I think he's fucked up hardcore, and this is his punishment. and he should take it with grace, and yeah. you know, make a good example out of it. Props to Beast Coast for making, you know, the statement and that decision and all their preparation. I think that's it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you said there are two sides of the coin, I was waiting to for the side, and if that was it, that's that's those are my thoughts.
0: Um, well, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I guess that was a bit of a bait unintentionally. Uh, I guess. Is it unfair, I don't want to use the term throw him under the bus because he kind of did it to himself, but do you think it was unfair to single out a player like this, or do you think it's only fair because the Auric has to protect themselves when they tried to do everything right and then he just didn't follow the rules, right? That's different from having a bad rule set. It's like, no, the rule set was good, he broke the rules, so...
1: So it sounded like that's what they were trying to do in the beginning, right? Because they didn't actually single about out. And then once people started doing some digging.
0: Yeah. So they kind of had, had to. to.
1: At that point, you kind of have to. But it yeah. sounded like they didn't want to, to begin with. Yeah. Which is understandable, right? They want to make their players look good and everything. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you have to set a good example. And yeah, I mean, he, he fucked up big time.
0: I think it's justified. And it's hard to put into context the ripple effects of that decision, right? Because it's a really big deal. You might have fucked four other players out of their TI chances. And seeing how far Thunder Predator went, Beast Coast beat Thunder Predator. uh, You could make a strong argument that Beast Coast probably would have made a pretty good run in this event as well. So uh, very costly in terms of DPC points uh, and also money. As we know, dollars go a, a long way in South America, so... You know, prize pool is really big for these teams. Uh, I I feel like it's warranted as well. I, I was, This was another moment where I thought, goddamn, Beast Coast, this is a classy move. This is exactly the kind of shit we want to see from our orgs in Dota, and I want more orgs to follow suit and do this kind of shit.
1: So we don't know if there were truly other factors at play, right? Maybe there was something they were uncomfortable with to begin with because of the rules and regulations they have to go through, and maybe the format's not so appealing. And Whatever it may be, it makes it sound like that's the only thing at play here, but there Mm -hmm. is a chance that there's something behind the scenes that wasn't so appealing for them to begin with, as well, right?
0: That's true. That's true. I mean, I think the traveling to Singapore was a particularly heavy burden for South American teams. I mean, I I was told upwards of 30 hour, 36 hour potential itineraries. Um, You know, multiple stops. You're not flying direct, and every stop is more potential infection points, you know, more. More connections, just different different germs, different people. Um, yeah, it's not an easy journey. It's just one more thing South American Dota has to deal with for every event. Tough. Um, how is it playing under un, uh, IX Mike? He's your, he's your coach, right? Over there at the Zoomers? Yeah. How's Mike doing? Well, he's been pretty quiet these days.
1: Yeah, so every now and then he gets uh, sucked into the Path of Exile hole. You don't see him for like a month and a half. Yeah. He just disappears he's you know on for 18 hours a day complete degenerate but uh no in terms of the team stuff uh he brings a good atmosphere to the team he's really good at talking to people which you wouldn't think from mike you know you think of him more of his brutish and you know i I think of some choice comments
0: he's made that were made rather public um really so he's he's a good communicator is what you're saying
1: he's grown and he's learned over the years Really?
0: Sorry. Is that is that true, or you is that the the PR statement that you got to release and you took his Twitter access away?
1: <laughs> no, no, that's actually true. Um, I I flamed him so many times in the past, and I'm like, you know, you can't say this because of X, Y, and Z. It's insensitive to this, and you didn't think about that. And you know, at first he doesn't see, he doesn't understand it. It takes him some time. He thinks more about it, and he realizes like, oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> but uh, he, he's certainly grown and matured over the years. And uh, he brings a lot of experience. You know, he's competed at these tournaments and mm-hmm. played Dota for a long time. He's seen the ins and outs of different team dynamics of what works and what doesn't and what's productive and what's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Because um, newer players have a lot more difficulty uh, understanding what is a good usage of your time. Um, do you sit and scrim for eight hours and beat up dummies? Or do you sit and watch and look at something before you play so you can think more critically about mm-hmm. something and channel more of your energy into a, you know, productive 2-hour session instead of an 8-hour session. There's lots of different things that you kind of have to learn along the way that aren't even Dota related. It's just about the it's just about how to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was trying to if I knew nothing about math, right? I would start with the most basic thing of math, right? I would learn how to do my addition, I learn how to do my subtraction, and I would sit there and do it until it became so natural I wouldn't have to give any thought to it. But then I'd move on to the next subject. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to overwhelm yourself with you know, 10 different things at the same time, and then you sit there, work on it for a month, and you come back with less than you started with because now it's only about that. It's not perfect, and then now you're not doing the things before well at all either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he comes from a lot of experience. Um, and yeah,
0: he's he's on. like a real Dota OG. I mean, that there, there are not many people in that, like, hours logged, well, actually in the game client, but also just logged in terms of yeah. games played. I mean... Mics as far back as they go.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: Wow, that's good to hear, though. Uh, I I always love to hear that people can um, learn and adapt. I guess I don't want to harp too much on the past, but at the same time, you know, he's. I I, I hate this idea of throwing people in the vault forever. I, I'm like, I mean, I'm like the guy of second chances, dude. I fucked up a lot of shit in like super public ways, and I'm still here doing this stuff. So. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, it just makes me happy to hear that. That's all.
1: People have chances to learn and grow from their experiences, and especially in moments where they may have messed up, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they can always be really critical about things because maybe if they didn't mess up, it wouldn't have been so apparent. Mm-hmm. So it kind of brings more attention to that specific moment of why it was bad rather than, oh, I got caught here. Oh, dude. Example. Totally.
0: No, that's like, I mean, I I was just reading a blog talking about this idea of like why casual racism or casual homophobia is a little bit harder to deal with and actually more constructive or destructive rather because it's less of quote an event you know it's like if you're in the locker room and somebody uses a homophobic slur it's easy to kind of write it off as like locker room talk I don't really you know a lot of dude energy here I don't this isn't the moment to make a stand and it's easy to just kind of look the other way but that becomes like this virus where privately it kind of reaffirms this really bad mindset and you have the power to kind of stop that spread of the virus right there just by saying whoa man let's come on stop you know but because it's so casual in nature we have a tendency to not react to it as strongly as we would if they were you know standing there with a megaphone or saying that word to someone directly where you would feel obligated to stand up for them so i
1: hit that critical threshold of wow this is yeah then you wouldn't even do anything about it
0: exactly so I, i yeah i think that's a very real like human dynamic there's a threshold for everything um because there's also a reality, like, like you can't fight every battle all the time at all moments, right? All of us have to be selfishly involved in our own lives because, you know, nobody's going to care about you more than you, right? So you have to put yourself and right. your own health first just by virtue of <laughs> survival, you know? <laughs> anyway... Um, How about RSI? That was one thing I always worry about with you, buddy, because you're a hard gamer. I don't know how you play Path of Exile, dude. I I love the game, and it hurts my fucking hands if I play it too much. I feel like I have to take every other season off just to let the old hands reset. How do you fucking do it, man? How are you gaming this hard all these years without having serious hand damage?
1: I used to have serious hand damage, actually. My, My hands were completely fucked up. To the point where like I couldn't play longer than 15 minutes without you know really feeling some strain. Wow. And uh um, it was a lot of stretching, a lot of you know, fixing your posture, making sure your setup is actually good for you. So you're not, you know, you're not shrimp slouching in your chair, you're not uh, mm-hmm. you know, arms extended or any of that bad stuff for you. But um, it was a lot of stretching, uh, just taking care of yourself. And honestly, I can't play Path of Exile anymore that game for whatever reason still destroys my hands i have like a 30 minute uh lifespan and then i'm fucking done yeah uh, i tried playing a summoner this league and the thing that kills me is losing you know yep. picking up little currencies that destroys me you know i'm yep. sitting there waiting to you know toss my wallet at the uh, ggg if they make a you know a little pet that picks up everything for you and you can sit there and filter through what you want to pick up they won't fucking do it they're dumb as hell but if they did i'd pay <laughs> big money
0: yeah, no, I'm with you on that 100%. There's a big part of me that feels like the game itself is already pretty click intensive and there's a lot of optimization. Like, they need to invest in a whole UX team and I'm-, I'm hoping a lot of that will come in Path of Exile 2. COVID has slowed all that shit down, but uh, yeah, dude, it just sucks to like really like a game but just physically feel like it's not worth playing, especially how quickly the seasons reset you know, with the leagues. Like the last league, I got to act ten and didn't start maps. I was like, "This is just not w- worth it." <laughs> and I, it's, right? I, I hate. It's a shitty reality. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you're doing better with that regular stretching. Have you been able to maintain pretty well? You, you've been hitting the gym. What are you benching these days, bud?
1: Oh no, gym for me. So at the beginning of COVID, I actually, uh, I was doing homework. You know, no weights. I was doing running for like three months straight. I mm-hmm. felt fan fucking tastic. And then uh, you get there and it's like, you know, I'm a little sore today. I don't, <laughs> don't really feel like uh, doing much. I'm taking an, an easy day, you know, a nice cheat day. And then it never starts again. But I'm about ah. to get back to it. But uh, I've been eating a bit better. Uh, I've been sleeping a lot better. So I feel pretty good in general. But, yeah, for the hand thing, um, a lot of it is stretching in places that aren't your hands because it's all connected. Sometimes it's in, up in your shoulders. Sometimes it's in your, your back. Mm. And you really have to get everywhere. And I was doing, like, 30 minutes at a time, like, twice a day in the morning and at night. And uh, I honestly started to feel better really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, When I play Dota now, um, sometimes I notice that I tense my mouse hand a lot. Like, while I'm playing, without even noticing it, I'll realize that I'm gripping my mouse extremely hard. Or I'm clicking much harder than I would be when I'm, uh, Hmm. I guess... I don't know if it's fatigue that ends up doing it, but when I'm more relaxed, I guess. Interesting.
0: I mean, you always, I I always noticed you had the thing where it seems like you press down on your hands a lot. Like you have that, the spot, like on the edge of your palm. Like I don't, I feel like I rest my hands, but I kind of like, I'm not pushing down with my mouse and you're like, you're taking some energy out on that mouse pad, dude. You're like fucking, you're rubbing that thing. You've got some legit calluses going on.
1: Yeah, like uh, my elbows, like they dig into my chair because they're pressed down so hard a lot of the time as well, and that's oh. where I really feel it.
0: Yeah, that can't be good for circulation.
1: Yeah. Oh, buddy. So, uh, I don't know how to fix that. You can get like these pads for your chair so it's like softer, so you won't do it naturally. Sometimes I put a pillow so it's softer, but... I definitely notice I start to do it more towards the end of the day.
0: Maybe you need to take up like a, a physical workout type hobby thing that lets out some of the rage. Like go, go hit the punching bag a little bit or like,
1: uh, that sounds great. that'd be fun. you know, do a
0: little tie bow or some shit where you can jump around and just fucking let that rage out. For me, it was the rower. When I was like peak anger at BTS and I was just like fucking LD, I was rowing and just letting that shit out with every single pull, just like, yeah, you like that? Oh, just let that rage out. You got to do it, man. You got to let that physical energy burn. It's awesome. Um, all right, last question, buddy. And this was one from Trent. He wanted me to ask you, who is the antithesis of Brax? Because you have a reputation for being one of the most zen, as we often joke, the most dead inside. That's what makes you such a top-tier offlaner is that you are you are the untiltable. Every time I cast you, that's my little nickname, Brax the Untiltable. um Who would you say is the opposite of you as a Dota player? Have you ever played with someone that you felt like is just like maybe even just in a trial capacity or in a pub? uh, Anyone in general where you felt like this person couldn't be more the opposite of me in how I approach Dota in every aspect?
1: Man, I actually don't think I've come across anyone like that. Usually people (laughs) don't stick around. You know, they... Or they change, I guess. Maybe they're like that at some point. But, um... I guess, in terms of like, uh, prod, like, in terms of like Dota stuff, I'm not very feeling based. I guess I am. Everyone is to a degree, Mm -hmm. but some people are more like strategic, more tactical, that like, you know, this is the better thing to do nine out of 10 times. And, uh, there are certainly players that don't give any thought into that whatsoever. And they play entirely based off feeling. You know, I'll ask them, like, you know, what was your, what are you trying to accomplish by doing this? And they'll say, I don't know, you know thought it was cool. I saw two creeps, but you know they didn't think about what happened 30 seconds later. <laughs> and uh, Volvo was like that at some point. Well, I coached him on DC when they were at TI7, I mm-hmm. think it was. It was the TI Team Liquid one. And uh, a lot of the times, um, he had certain things he needed to accomplish in the game or he wouldn't feel good.
0: Mm.
1: There would be a lot of stress and a lot of nerves built up on him. And uh, I've never really been one to be affected by nerves or stress, I guess, in terms of Dota. Interesting. You know, stress in real life is different.
0: I see. Yeah, uh, well, for sure. Yeah. All right, So, so I had an, an answer to this question, because I, I was going to see how my prediction matched up with the reality. Are you ready for this? The antithesis oh, yeah. of Brax? It's a, it's a player that is no longer involved in the pro scene. My man, Jigglebilly. I thought Jiggle Billy. <laughs> Would be actually, like, if you are, you know, what's that old, uh, the unbreakable, you know, the man of glass and the guy that doesn't get broken? If you're Bruce Willis, he's absolutely that other guy. Is it Samuel L. Jackson? I I mean, I've seen some of those streams. This is your IXDL rank one champion.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess so. I I, I didn't really interact with Jiggle Billy very much, but that guy was... Quite the character, you know. I your class clown multiplied by about a billion, maybe two billion. But, uh,
0: you know what finally got him banned from Twitch for the last time? Do you know what or- the event was? So, he had had many moments that were over the line, the final time was when he won a Dota game or some other successful event, and he put on rock music and full-screen camera and jumped up on his desk wearing nothing but boxer shorts and just played air guitar, flapping his dick with his fingers as if he'd oh. be strumming the strings. <laughs> oh, my God. and i know for a fact at the time the twitch admins reviewed that and thought really hard what specific rule that was breaking and just decided it was blanket over the line and uh that was the end of the uh, of the jiggler as i like to call him so poor jiggle billy i mean he had a tough go um but
1: (laughs) that is one way to i that's one way to go out man That's, that's kind of impressive
0: Yeah, I think most of his content since been deleted. Those are some of those like should have uh, maintained for the archives. Uh, A couple of those, those old centaur videos, man. One of my greatest Dota memories ever was I think Summit Summit 1 or Summit 2. Watching Jiggle Billy videos with No-Tail after the uh, after party when we were rather intoxicated and just laughing maniacally. And No-Tail just continually like doing the thought experiment of like, what do his parents think? Like, clearly, he doesn't live on his own, and he's just screaming at his computer every single day. What do they think is happening in there? Just, uh, I, oh, man.
1: Ugh. That guy I'd like to see in real life. Not, you know, <laughs> I'd like to, to watch him from afar, just to see how he interacts. Maybe he <laughs> works differently for him. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, Absolutely uh braxy that was most of the stuff i had on my list to talk about anything uh, you want to get off your chest any anything grinding your gears these days mr dota buff
1: grinding my gears uh outside of the uh, dpc format and all that not much honestly i i'm easy i guess i just want the playoff bracket uh the thing most people have complaints about for the dpc so the top teams hate DPC because they have to play for six weeks, and it takes really long time, whereas they can qualify for the major in two days before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone else is thankful because now the top teams are forced to scrim them because they're playing for so long. In the past, <laughs> EG would fly out after three days, and you would never scrim them. Now they actually are forced to scrim you because they're sitting there. So thank God for that, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is a... Uh, God, I don't know if I want to say this. this. This this might make me some enemies, actually. I don't know if I want to say this. Uh-oh. Oh, boy.
0: Well, wow. welcome I mean, to the club, bud.
1: I can say this in a respectful way. Um, people that play by Valve's rules are obviously like... It's just like the real world, right? Your successful people are have uh, more favoritism towards them because they want to be associated with them. They bring in the numbers. They bring in more attention mm-hmm. and eyeballs, which is very important for them, of course. Uh, the same, we don't all play under the same rules, okay. um, and that's reality. That's why, to me, this is the most real world you know it's ever been. Um, and this shit completely bugs me because I have no power over it at all.
0: Maybe tangential to sort of what you're talking about. Did, did you have any thoughts about that team press release that was signed by OG and the top eight teams at the May, Well, top eight seeded teams going into the major um
1: wondering when you're gonna bring this up
0: oh god yeah it's a can of fucking worms dude you know it's like i knew that that tweet was going to be a little spicy i did not expect all caps like i that was that was way further than what i you know anytime i'm about to post something spicy you think about the threads right all right how is this going to go and you realize there's a lot of variance right depending on who responds, how... It's like Reddit. The first couple comments kind of drive the dialogue of the whole thread. So there's a lot of different ways the thread can go depending on who gets to it, when, where, and what, right? There's a whole psychology to that shit. That was more than I even thought in my craziest reality. So I... To sum it up, I just feel like I hit a nerve. I think to have a reaction like that, something's hitting pretty close to home. Um... But you know, my goal wasn't to dig it in as much as just to try to highlight that. I, that felt like a big power flex to me. And now that I'm forced to empathize with the South American space in particular, um, I can sort of see that power being wielded disproportionately. The fact that OG signed it kind of was a little weird to me of like, wait, what do you guys have to do with this one again? What about the teams that are going to the event? Maybe we should ask them. It really bothered me when I... I didn't mind that statement as much until I heard that not all the teams were even uh, like contacted to be included. It's one thing if they were contacted and said, we don't want to be a part of that. But to not even give them the chance is, to me, very indicative of a somewhat broken power dynamic. But... I don't know. That's that's just my my analysis from you know over here in the bleachers. I got no real horse in the team race.
1: Right. Um, I guess I'll just give my quick unfiltered thoughts about it all. Um,
0: I mean, I don't want to fuck you up here, dude. I you know if, if you nah, don't want to don't talk worry. about it, it's totally fine. But um, you I know my like, thoughts are already like, out there, so yeah. I got nothing to lose.
1: I just want to present it in a way where I don't say something I don't mean. You know, I don't want to accidentally say something that implies something else that wasn't exactly my point. You mean to
0: pull a Suns fan?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I'm going to reference you and uh, Kelly's dialogue because uh, I think that was the most, you know, the biggest part of it, I guess. Um, First of all, I love Kelly. She's super nice. She's super helpful. She's really caring and everything. She's great. Um. I really think that you guys were talking about different things at some point in the conversation. I thought that – so in your mind, you come off as extremely direct right? because you're trying to address the problem and not beat around the bush. And it's really easy to see that as an attack and to have it translate into other things that you don't exactly mean. Mm -hmm. But if you were able to look at it objectively and not be a party in it that may uh, get emotional about it, then your very direct statement is easy to read. It's clear and concise, but if I were somebody that were more invested in it because my team or I was going to the event, it would be very easy for me to feel like I'm being attacked and being called stupid for signing this. Um, from the player and management side, obviously, we want you know they would want to attend the event and they would want to do it safely. And from your perspective, obviously, it is very irresponsible to sign this and give it the two thumbs up and say 1Esports is doing everything they can and PGL is doing a fantastic job and Valve is the best. Um, the clear middle ground is to say that, you know, we asked for better precautions. One um, eSports has assured us that everything will be okay and that they have done everything in their power that they can do. And that is that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was a lot lost here because it is it is very emotional. Um, it's really easy to construe being very direct about something as a personal attack, especially it's true. when it branches off into other things. So. There are parts where you guys are both right and parts where you're both wrong, but in the end, I think it's stupid, and I don't think that anybody, whether you're a player or manager, like, yes, people want to go to the event, but I th- would I would not have signed that. I would not have given the two thumbs up. Um, I would have felt very responsible if anything bad happened, because I'm giving them my seal of approval. I would not feel comfortable.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a pretty metered metered take I think um I definitely could have handled it better because there's like a moment like I said when you don't even think about that reality you like I start getting defensive of just like now you're attacking me Jesus Christ like um so I I see I think you're very astute in pointing out how how quickly this sort of that chain of communication broke down of she felt attacked and I felt like I wasn't attacking her. So that yielded her to attack me to which I got defensive. And then that fuels this whole really shitty exchange. The one part that jumped out to me though, was the what I would call very reductionist. If you, if you're nervous about the event, just don't go. No one's forcing you. That kind of all caps, like, you know, just don't go then. I think that's a really unfair thing to say to somebody in South America who has a much different situation with COVID, right? Like not even just the travel, but like healthcare in your country. What if you get sick on the way back, man? Healthcare is not ubiquitous around the world, right? Not everyone's going to get access to vaccines the same way. Not everyone has the same amount of resources to be able to, to pay for medical care and all that kind of stuff. That's to me, just, that came off as just very, even if it's emotional in the moment, that's that's heavy, dude. I think that's telling of how quick people are to dismiss the struggle of South America. And that really yep. hit, man.
1: COVID is different everywhere, right? In Sweden, yeah. people pretty much don't believe COVID does anything, or at least that's what the government comes off as. I know in uh, Peru and Brazil, COVID is extremely bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in Brazil, I, I don't it's know. it's rough in
0: Peru as well.
1: Right. In Brazil, I don't know what their president is called. I don't know what his exact Bolsonaro. title is.
0: Bolsonaro. Oh, it's his name.
1: Right. I've been told from some old Brazilian teammates, you know, I asked them, you know, how's COVID, you know, how's life? And they're, they tell me things like it's fucking terrible, people stealing in the streets because the government won't do anything to help them. Yeah. And uh, he's, they, I've been told that, like, the drug lords in Brazil have to, like, step up and close down businesses because the president doesn't care enough to actually acknowledge his existence. Jesus, like, dude. absolute crazy movie level shit. and And... Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what prompted or response. I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but uh, it's not the same everywhere, right? Like, yeah. maybe I live in a small town in Pennsylvania where I have absolutely you know, zero COVID cases and I don't think anything of it. But I live in fucking uh, near LA, so I see all these motherfuckers at the beach, you know, <laughs> going on down, drinking some beers by the water and, you know, not even believing it exists. And I got to, you know, fight all these battles with people that I yeah. don't care to have these battles with and it's just yeah yeah, i I really don't know it's hard to say because maybe they truly don't believe not everyone has the same experience with it right not everyone has somebody close that they know that we're truly affected by it or truly understand it's like the arguments you see when people tell you that covid don't exist right they're like Mm -hmm. well i have a 99 percent chance to survive what's the big deal and you know it some of it is ignorance some of it is maybe they truly don't care and You know, if that's the case, I will never be able to convince them, anyways. Some people are victims
0: of misinformation too. There's a lot of that going around.
1: There, there's so many different things. So, like, how can I formulate an actual opinion on this? Because I don't know their perspective. Um.
0: So, but for what it's worth, and maybe this is worth throwing out there because I, and thinking about it now, the uh, Twitter exchange with Kelly just kind of ended because it moved to DMs and. Um, We argued further in DMs for a good 45 minutes, but then ended up in a a pretty positive place of some mutual respect. Um, Obviously didn't agree 100%. But I think the one thing that we really connected on was that we do have an aligned goal of everybody wants Dota to grow, be a better place. We're all, I, I think... By We're all like those of us sort of working on the back end as like a third-party event organizer, a team owner, just those of us that work in the ecosystem of Dota in a full-time capacity and have been pretty committed to it for a half decade or more. um, We're all a little rattled right now. We're all a little nervous, partially because of COVID, partially because of that laundry list of shit that I was bitching about earlier in this podcast. Um, like. We're all a little rattled for different reasons, rightfully so. Some of us have had different experiences with Valve that have been frustrating at times. We want the same thing. I think we disagree about how to get there. And some of that is because of variance on the spectrum of optimism. As you sort of pointed out, I just got to kind of play by the rules and that's it. As you said earlier in this podcast, I have zero influence. I am coming to the conclusion that I also have close to zero influence, though I really don't want to admit that reality because I find that very depressing to think that um, we can't unify together to make some change. I don't think I have a lot of influence, but I think it's non-zero, and I think if all of us come together to use our non-zero influence, we can actually have a lot of influence. The scene doesn't exist without all the players and the commentators and the fans. So if there's ever a world where we can all align in some way— um we do have some some leverage a little bit. We certainly have some influence for sure. Um so anyway, it, it, you know, Kelly and I are fine and I think we both recognize there is some emotional outburst because when you're invested in something, you really fucking care about it and when you really fucking care about it, you get upset when you feel like other people aren't doing it justice. Um and where does that lead me to conclude? We need a little more help from upstairs, man. I you know, I I I think a lot like that situation with Kelly if i really think about all the forces at b i think it's the step above us that has frustrated us both to the point of taking it out on each other and maybe that's a little bit of misdirection maybe i'm projecting because it's easier to say valve could solve everything i didn't have to, i posted about it on twitter i did my part but I do, you know, some things are systemic and some stuff, it's like that Jericho situation, you know, like the DPC points situation. There are certain things we can't solve on our own. As good as Alliance is or Beast Coast is or all these other orgs that are going to step up and hold their players accountable and teach them PR and do all these things right, They they can't make all of the decisions. There are some things that exist in this category that is above all the rest of us with the people that own this entire fucking ecosystem. So... Um, I don't know, I gotta tone down my, my yelling into the void man, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I, I think that the Kelly situation, it, it, it ended in an okay way in terms of both of us recognizing like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to be frustrated about right now. And that is a little bit reaffirming that I'm not completely crazy to again bring it back full circle.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I did say that you know we have zero influence, but that's not entirely true. We do have everyone has some influence. It just may not turn into anything, which doesn't mean it's hopeless, right? It's not a hopeless endeavor at all. It's not hopeless, all. no. It may take time, but, you know, there are struggles out there in the world that take thousands of fucking years. But once you hit that point, you know, it's all worth it anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything else, you know, even if that doesn't happen, it'll unify everybody because realistically, we're all on the same team, right? Everyone wants Dota yeah. to grow. We all want it to blossom and be big and beautiful and all that good stuff. Yeah. So
0: that's what... Yeah. Blew my mind. The the people responding to the that uh, the tweet that started the exchange with Kelly of like, it seems like you don't want the major to happen. It's like, yeah, that's what I really don't want Dota to come back internationally. What you think? I've all of my income comes from Dota. I have as much of a vested interest in you do as seeing this thing explode. You know, like I, we like you said, we all want Dota to grow. If Dota grows, we all share in the spoils for those of us that are full time in the ecosystem. So. That is the vested interest in trying to make this a better place. you know. I hope the anime does that a little bit. Uh, we'll see. It looks like we've seen at least a trickle of new players. I hope some of them stick around. I hope people are nice to them in pubs.
1: <laughs> have you uh, tried the new player experience? Have you messed around with that stuff at all?
0: I actually have not. I've seen uh, a couple of clips of it on video streams and stuff and other people messing with it, but I actually haven't done it. Uh, did you do it?
1: Uh, I've looked at it a little bit. I've been, I haven't done all of it, but I've been told it's amazing. It's pretty good. And well done, yeah, community, because you guys definitely helped all that stuff. That's fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, well, well done, well
1: done. Um. <laughs> it may have taken ten years to do anything, okay. you know, tutorial related.
0: I, I like don't want to say this because it's just it pay it furthers my whole of being the forever negative cynical guy. But I just want to. Do you think that they had this new player experience? like it's so good and so robust they must have been working on this for a pretty long time right was giving the community credit for sparking that just the easiest layup of all time
1: i don't know like honestly i don't have enough information oh, oh, about the, i don't know uh, either
0: yeah I, i'm just saying. Do you know what i mean though like maybe right, i'm just right. too deep in this marketing thing it's a framing thing right and it doesn't matter but if Let's say Valve's been working on this new player experience for two years, right? And then they have this Netflix deal, and I go, "This is a perfect time to drop it. This is great." And then the community makes that thing. If you're sitting at Valve, going, "Hey guys, you know what would make everyone feel really good?" You know what I mean? I I I, I feel bad bringing it up, but I just I can't unsee like so, marketing stuff these days.
1: Listen, regardless of the intent behind it all, Dota is community driven. Yes. Right. Yes. dota is very community driven so anything to relate that and make the community feel good to bond over is an overall positive so regardless i don't care about the intent to me it doesn't matter
0: let me spin it another way if it was intentional i'm glad they did it because like you just said it's all community driven and the community needs a couple of layups dude the community needs some wins so even if that wasn't true I'm glad that they did it because that would show a sign that they realize that the community is fucking hungry, really hungry right now for more Dota and to have like be able to have an impact. Right. So I hope it's real. I just more throw that out there as sort of like thought experiment framing. Um,
1: It's something that you you can't help with. Honestly, you know, timing is too perfect. Yeah.
0: Oh, and it's really more a compliment of the new player system. Like it's just, it's so robust and good. If they made that that quickly, like that's that's really impressive, you know. That's like uh, well done. And if that's the case, then you could also say, "Well, why didn't we just do that a really long time ago if it was that easy?"
1: Magnificence takes time, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you, you, you know the phrase ignorance is bliss? There's some other extra part on that. Mm-hmm. I used to think that was the stupidest phrase in the world. I used to hate it when people would say that when I was younger. Just like, why would you ever want to be ignorant of anything? You should want to know everything. And I get it, dude. Ignorance is bliss, dude. I don't want to have... I, I hate that that is my... I'm, like, wired to have that thought when I see something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hate that instead of just accepting it on face value, I have primed myself to be that cynical and critical of everything, where I immediately no. think like, whoa, 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 this might not be exactly what it seems. I don't have any reason to think it isn't what it seems, but it could be. I don't know. Like, why is that the first thought that comes to my head? Maybe that's a good question for my therapist.
1: You just want to see the world burn.
0: Is that it, dude? Am I wired (laughs) to be the Joker? Fucking hell, dude.
1: (laughs) I don't know. You just want to make sure it's for real. You want to make sure that, you know, people know. Yeah.
0: I guess I'm just projecting my own insecurities onto the world, Brax. Saying it out loud, that's what I think I would... If you just said that to me, I think that would be my response. sounds like you're projecting some of your insecurities onto the rest of us. So... There you go. You're a pretty good therapist, dude. You just sit there and listen. I say all the dumb shit out loud. I hear it back and go, God damn. Well, that's the last time I'll say that. Well, thanks. (laughs) You're a good listener, bud. I'll bill you later. I'll bill you later. Sounds good. Well, Braxy, I appreciate it. I can't wait until we get to see each other in person again. It's been way too long. I'm overdue for a hug. This was I, I feel like I need to apologize. I didn't mean to bring you on here and get into all this emotional stuff and almost come to tears talking about racism, but... It just, it could just kind of happen. So I guess it was meant to be.
1: Oh, it was good. I'm glad to be here at a good time. TLDR, fuck racism, you know, community, two thumbs up. Good job. Keep doing what you're doing. COVID times are rough for everyone.
0: Hell yeah. It's rough for everyone. We're all people. We got to get each other's backs. I mean, what better time though, in terms of use case for the power of community, man. And gaming has always been powerful in terms of the, the community side of things. I don't know. Do you have a Brax Discord?
1: Oh, I do. It's called the Brax Street Boys Headquarters. There you
0: go. Um, But I mean, I every streamer's got one now. But I mean, this time has. I mean, my my Discord has really been up in engagement, and there's been a lot of really good thoughtful engaging conversations in there with people with differing opinions and stuff and that is one positive side to all this lockdown stuff is i've really seen the power of community in full focus it's helped with my my personal feelings of loneliness i can say that for sure
1: yeah that's a hard one to avoid honestly feelings of loneliness yeah it's it's fucking rough
0: yeah try using tinder as a dude in a dress that's fucking rough dog jeez hard <laughs> full hard yeah, exactly. I'm playing Tinder on hardcore. It's uh, it's not fun. you trying
1: to get the 100% completion on any you know, exploration game or something. <laughs> it's a real struggle. Uh,
0: hit us with the plugs, though, buddy. Where can people find you? I know you've been streaming a lot. I'm partial to the Brax host myself, but hit us with the socials, bud.
1: All right, so you guys can find me on twitter.com BraxLikesDota. My socials are terrible. They are not the same. My Instagram is Braxton Paulson and then my Twitch is Braxton nine one one. So nice. Good luck.
0: All right. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, it, you know, you're like one of those really cool hipster bars where there's no sign. So you got to know how to find the spot. Then once you get inside, you realize it's really cool when where all the awesome people are hanging out. So there you go. Yeah. Give them a sub guys. Give them a follow Brax. I appreciate your awesome candid conversation. Um, yeah, we got to game some. Now that we, now you can't smurf, I guess we can't play Dota together. But I don't know. We got to find some way to game it up when you're not busy, buddy. I miss hanging out.
1: There'll be a new game for sure. Waiting for a new game. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe it's time to to bring back PUBG. Play it for a game. Realize it's awful. Move on with life. Dude, That's I tr- what Among Us was with the new map.
0: It was. I tried with PUBG, and it's, dude, it's strikingly awful. The addition of bots makes it so not satisfying. You when know, you kill a bot, it's just like... <laughs> Well, yeah, he was just standing there. It's like shooting a, a dummy target. It's just now, Overwatch 2. That's when we're all going to make the big comeback, right? Mm, all right. There we go. So a lot of symmetry to be played. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye bye.